and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. Did you know I had a weird paranormal experience one time? Of course you did. I've probably mentioned it a hundred times, probably in every true horror episode. If you didn't know, and if you want to know the whole story, I was so lovingly asked by my incredibly talented and entertaining friend Sapphire to tell it on her podcast, Stories with Sapphire. The episode just came out this week and it is so spooky. The other tales on the show had me shaking in my boots. So go check out Stories with Sapphire wherever you get your podcasts for a little dose of paranormal realism from me. I don't have much else to say this week. My ADHD was acting up hard and today I took a break because the neighbors were being loud and six hours later I found myself scrubbing my entire couch. Then I realized I had way more left to do on the episode than I thought and here we are at 2am on Friday morning. So remember to drink water and don't stop for a break and end up scrubbing your whole couch. It will totally throw off your day, I promise you. This week, the only issue I had, other than the couch scrubbing thing, was which of these stories to put first. They have both have very different tones. One of them is lighter. It's got some humor. It's just a, it's a really fun story. Um, the other one, not that it's not fun, but it's a lot darker and very serious. And I love them both equally. They're just amazing. But they're so different, you know? They're like different and amazing, and they're equally as amazing, but they're different. Yep, it's 2 a.m. Anyway, I decided to go with the lighter fare first. I've been getting more messages lately that your little ones listen to the show and that you screen the show first, which is smart. Thanks, neighbor, for honking at 2 a.m. Um, so I believe this first one should be okay for most ages. It's scary and funny. Um, lately I've been listening to a lot of the show, Ono, Ross, and Carrie. It's a great podcast. If you haven't listened, they, um, investigate different, like, um, religions and different phenomenons and like homeopathic medicine and, um, flat earthers. And they just kind of like investigate them and they're, but they're, it's, uh, it's lighter again, lighter fare, just like this first story. Um, they're really funny. And my favorite episodes of theirs are when they go to live medium shows and they get, you know, cold readings and hot readings and all that good stuff. They're so cringy and funny and just so entertaining. So I was ecstatic to have this story come across my inbox. It was like perfect timing. So welcome back, author Vanessa Kennedy. She has for us another ghostly monologue. And this one is called... The medium. Hello? Is someone there? <sighs> of course, someone is here. If I wasn't here, you wouldn't be here in the first place. And really, it wouldn't really make a whole lot of difference if I was here or not. Your lackey over there with the fishing line is doing my job for me. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, I'm Madame Zelda. Can you hear me? Is that your real name? And yes. I can hear you. Can you... Can you make yourself known to us? Cue Lackey. Oh, the curtain moved by itself. Come on, people. Do you actually believe this... This bullshit? You already know that you have a ghost in your house. You don't need her to tell you that. And by the way, you hired a fraud. She doesn't even have the gift. She can't see or hear anything. She probably doesn't even believe your outrageous story. Who would believe you anyway? She is just using you, 
preying on your vulnerability and stupidity. All it is is smokescreens, trick candles, and carefully placed and controlled fishing line. Everything is a show. A facade. A charade. A fucking scam. <sighs> oh, alright. Even though I think this is utter foolishness, I'll play your silly game. I have nothing better to do. <gasps> I am sensing... A man! Try again. No, no. A woman. Very good. Yes, humming will definitely make me come closer. You can stop anytime now. Anytime. Stop. Is here with us. No shit. I have been here all along. And haven't we covered this already? I can feel her. I can feel her essence. Yeah, right. Spirit! Well, I prefer the term ghost. You know what. Patrick Swayze's character is in Ghost, and by the way, you ain't no Oda May. If you can hear me, can you indicate so? Hold it there, Igor. I got this. There's no need for your lame tricks. See? I can make the light flicker all by myself. I can even make the lights that you didn't tamper with flicker. Yes. I know it is so amazing. It's almost like I know what I'm doing. Unlike you. In front of me, I have a Ouija board. Are you talking to me or them? Or is this the part of the show too, explaining everything you're doing? Oh good, please show that there are no magnets involved on the board or in the planchette. Obviously, you have to look like you're actually conversing with me, but we both know that you're just going to be pushing the bloody thing around by yourself. But boy, won't you be surprised when I take control of that wooden puck. <laughs> with it, we are going to try to make Uh, isn't this so exciting? <gasps> Not. Oh yes, we must all touch the planchette. Good thing that they don't have a wide table. Really, again with the humming. Let's begin. Can you confirm for us that you are a woman? I thought you already determined that. But I'll play. Yes, it is me that is pushing it. Don't look so surprised. It's almost like you've never actually dealt with a real ghost before. There, you have your answer. Yes. Happy? What is your name, miss? Nice try. You have nothing to fear. All we want is to help you find closure. Move on! Help? Yeah, right. Oh, and by the way, I don't fear you. I will ask again. What is your name? <sighs> Do you really think that I would give you my real name? And most likely you already have an idea of who I am. Most likely, you've done your homework. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist or even a first-year journalism student to figure out what happened here or to me. By law, realtors have to disclose a house's history if death was involved, though it probably would have taken a hot minute to go through all those microfiche records, but it could be done. That's probably what you pay your lackey over there to do. 
That's okay. You don't have to give us your name. Some spirits don't remember their names, or... I remember it just fine. It's just that I don't want to tell you. Let's move on, shall we? Oh, must we? What happened to you? Like I'm going to tell you, and like I just said, you already know. Was your death an accident? Zoom around the board we go. Where will it stop? No one knows. Well, except me. (laughs) No, my death was not an accident. (gasps) Oh, how horrible. Yet you didn't have to go through it. How did you die? Did you do your research at all? All right. Do you really want to know? All right, I'll tell you. Now, where is that F? There it is. Again, don't look so surprised. Are you ready for the next letter? Here it comes. An I. Can you guess what happened? Can you solve the puzzle? Or do you want another letter around the board we go? Oh, an R. We have one of those. Okay. What method of murder starts with an F-I-R. Any ideas? Do you need a hint? Oh, good. You would lit some candles. Do you want a demonstration? <gasps> Isn't it just wonderful what a little bit of oxygen can do to a candle? Instead of blowing it out, it makes it bigger and stronger. I would blow that out before you have a fire on your hands. Wow, that was... Exciting, wasn't it? Oh, wasn't it? Do you have a... Do you have a message that you would like to share? Oh, right. Show and tell is now over. Back to that board of yours. Here we go. Around the board to yes. Come on. It should be the paying customers that should look so surprised. Is your message for someone in this room? Not particularly. It's for all of you. Spirit, are you still with us? Yes. What was that? I saw that look. Was that a signal to Igor over there? What is he going to do now? What do you have prepared for us? Oh, going with your original plan. Light flickering. How... original? Don't you know you should never, ever repeat a trick? How gullible do you think your clients and my unruly and unwelcomed houseguests really are? Yes, they are quite stupid. They don't get the hint to move out. If I lived in a house where things flew around by themselves and I heard disembodied voices all the time, I would leave and never come back. But that's just me. I'm a little smarter than they are. Anyway, be happy that they bought your trick. I cannot help you if you don't talk to me. I don't want your help. All I want is you and your lackey and them to leave. This is my house. This is my home. I want you out. I am sensing you are angry. You think? What gave you that idea? You think that the window opening and closing rapidly by itself is a normal occurrence? Or the table vibrating on its own? But this... It's not me being angry, though. All I'm doing is springing all your lame tricks. I know that your lackey had rigged up the window to open and close. True, I don't think it was supposed to do that that quickly and do it more than once. I think I may have broken your toy and the table. Well, that was just a simple cord wrapped around a table leg. That... You know, that was actually quite ingenious. When the lackey shakes his foot, the movement will be carried along the string, and when it hits the table, the poorly constructed table will shake. 
But when I did it, I targeted the screws. Way more effective than just one leg. It gives a sense of the real thing. And isn't that what you're going for? The real thing? What's next? Come on. You must have something else tucked up those sleeves of yours. Not everyone is as gullible as these two. You must have something else, just in case they saw through your last few tricks. Like I did. <laughs> in this industry, you have to be able to adapt and think on your feet. Come on. You have to be better than this. What are you getting paid to do? What are you going to do now? Oh. Oh. Oh, come on. On, is that really appropriate at a time like this? Are you kidding me? Are you having a seizure? As much as I wish. Oh, I get it. You're doing a possession. Very badly, if I might add. Don't you know, that isn't how it's done. The host doesn't seize like they're getting electrified and then go rigid. Come on, and anyway... If they look closely, they can see you're straining your muscles to stay still. It is quite clear that you are still in total control of your being. If you were actually possessed, your body would go limp in your chair and it would be held up by the intruding ghosts. And by the way, it is quite a trip for both participants. First off, the host is in inner turmoil because they are no longer in control of their body or thoughts. They become an unlucky audience to it all. And for the ghost... Let me tell you, it is not a nice experience either. You have to exert a lot of energy to even get into the host, and that is hard if you are inexperienced. And then once you finally get in there, you're all squished in a small cramped space, and you have to listen to the pathetic whines of the host begging to be back in control. I usually don't do this, but for you... I will make an exception. Ready? Ready to begin? But first, I want you, Madame Zelda, to witness this. You aren't going to be the lucky one. One of your paying customers will be. <gasps> What's wrong with her? I... 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 What is wrong? Isn't this what you wanted? Didn't you want to speak with a ghost? And you, Madame Zelda, don't look so frightened. I can see the fear in your eyes. You weren't expecting this, were you? What do you want? I want you. All of you. Out! They're gone. The house is yours again, my lord. from a brand spanking new podcast. Enjoy! Do you love horror? Do you love sci-fi? If so, you've come to the right place. Each week we will discuss, dissect, and or shit all over the movies we love and also love to hate. This is Ken and I'm with Chris, Doug, Josh, and together we are the Horrify Podcast. And one more thing, we are not safe for work or for the faint of heart. For our last story of the evening, the heavier one, I'd like to remind you to check the show notes for any trigger warnings. Um, so just go ahead and pause this and do that real quick. So this is another story. We have two returning authors this week. This is from Ken Kreckler, and this is called Provider.
the lawyers in the trunk when there's a heavy thump as the bumper hits something hard and my knuckles go white on the wheel. I slam the brakes out of reflex, which everyone says not to do, so we skid for five seconds before I realized I've lost total control of the car. The shrill tire screech echoes into the silent night, and it's the most horrible sound in the world. Then we jolt back in our seats, and it's all over. The air is calm. The little hula girl on the dashboard is still dancing. For a long time, nobody says anything. But eventually, Stevie can't help himself. Dude, what did you do? My hands still clench tight. I feel myself turn to look at him. Stevie, who still has one lit cigarette in his pale, shaky hand. I tell him I didn't do anything. Stevie unbuckles, sits up. He rolls down his window. It's the manual kind. So he makes a big show out of how much labor is involved. Leaning out, he says, I think you fucked up the car, dude. There's smoke. In the back seat, Eli says, We eat something. Eli's been to prison, and he talks with a French accent. I met him three hours ago. His real name isn't Eli. I don't think. Did you see that shit? Says Stevie, and it's making me sick how excited he is. I remind myself he's ten years younger. We spun like three times. I tell them I think it was just a pothole. They have them all over these dirt roads. We eat something, says Eli. Didn't sound like a pothole, dude. I start swearing and I open the car door. Eli leans forward. What are you doing? I'm going to check. He stares at me in the rearview mirror. His eyes are sharper than they've been all night. For a second, I think he wants me to say something else. But then he just sits back and goes, Suit yourself. Outside, it's three in the morning. There aren't any lights in these forest areas. Just miles of freeway and dirt and no street signs. All around us is the looming blackness of trees and the creepy chirping hum of all that gay-ass wildlife. If you look up, there's so many stars it makes you sick. I step around into the beams of the car, shielding my eyes. Stevie was right. There's smoke, and we hit something. The front end is smashed in. Whatever. We were going to ditch the thing anyway. Felt like a deer, says Stevie, still hanging out the window. There aren't any deer in this area. A dog, maybe? Eli gets out of the car, dusting himself off. He nods at the darkness behind us. Back there. I start walking, but Eli stops me. I'll go. Turn the car around. We need some light. Then he disappears into the darkness before anyone can argue. I sigh and get back in the car. I tell Stevie, Eli needs some light. Fucking guy gives me the creeps, man, says Stevie. The car rolls back, then forward. Whole way to the hotel. All he did was talk about the government. Oh, and war. He's all big on that, too. Spartans or Persians or some such nonsense. Christ. Motherfucker better not try to skip out on gas money, I swear to God. We turn the headlights, sweeping over the tree trunks and mist. Goddamn fucking French people. I'd have no problem. The car stops moving. Stevie stops talking. Together, we stare. Eli isn't French. Up ahead, Eli is standing, calmly, in the middle of the road, basked in light and squinting. He's cradling something in his arms, and it's wearing a red dress. After that, all hell breaks loose. Stevie is shouting, I'm shouting back, we're outside the car. Eli doesn't pay either one of us the attention we deserve. He just lays the little girl down flat and looks at her. 
She isn't more than 15. The girl. She's wearing a formal evening gown. The kind you buy off the rack at a mall with your mom. The kind my little sister's wearing in her prom photo. My sister's dress was white. This one is red. It's torn and dirty now. But it's soft enough to feel expensive. And it fits her so well. Her figure is slender. Her blonde hair is loose and wild. And her green eyes looking up at us from the ground. They won't close. Not ever. Not ever again. The girl is dead. But you'd never know it, not just by a glance. Her limbs are there, all accounted for. And there isn't really much blood. No, you'd have to peer pretty close at that blank stare of hers to know anything was wrong. You'd have to pick her up to feel the way her bones sag inside her skin, to see the way her head twists and droops at awful angles. More than that, a live person, no matter how quiet or still, a live person just doesn't lay the way a dead one does. The girl is broken. She's over. She's done. The chick in the red dress. She's been dead at my feet for nine minutes before the shock starts wearing off. I start thinking a little more clearly. So does Stevie. Eli's eyes haven't left the body. Not once. Stevie lights another cigarette and turns to me. You. This is your fault. And I'm like, my fault. You were driving the car. They saw what happened. She came out of nowhere. It was too fast. It was an accident. It was your accident. You were driving. The police are going to blame you. There isn't any blood. Where is the blood? Dude, it's all over the place. You just can't see it because there's no light. Touch your chest. She's spilling out everywhere. It's disgusting. I'm not going near that stupid bitch. Eli kneels down in the shadows, touches her gently, and shows me his fingers. All we need is one car to pass by and see us. Just one. What the hell was she doing out here? Asked Stevie. Middle of nowhere like this? And that dress... Looks fancy. Not what you'd wear on a midnight stroll. Yes. It's all very mysterious. We are very impressed. Maybe she's a hitchhiker. Maybe she's a ghost. Does anyone have a cell phone? Not on me, Stevie says. And then Eli says, We'll have to cartel up. There's a long long pause. We cannot leave her here, says Eli, speaking slow, calm words in that accent I can't quite discern. That is against the rules. There must be a large mess or no mess at all. A large mess sends a message. A small one is unprofessional. Stevie cocks his head. What? There isn't enough room in the trunk. We have our bags in there. She stiffens by the second. Are you... Are you fucking serious? Eli is still looking at the girl, just watching her. He keeps talking, and as he does, his voice starts getting soft, distant. Take off your belts. What for? Eli says, 
take Zim off. Tell me why, and I will. I'm not your girlfriend, asshole. Tell the kids. What do you... They make feel easy cleanup. Less scent for the dogs. Stevie starts laughing again. <laughs> Dude, you're fucked up. Like in your head. You hear me? We're done here. The whole thing's been compromised now. There's a trail, man. There's a trail. You can go back to your guy and tell him the deal's off. We don't got shit to say to him or to you. Fuck the money. You tell him. And I look Stevie right in the eye. And I tell him to give Eli his belt. Stevie's like, What? I tell Stevie, like he said, there's a trail. Stevie's eyes go wide. You psycho. The both of you. Psychos. Belt, says Eli, all quiet. Stevie hesitates. Then he undoes the clasp and yanks his belt free. Makes a big show. Fucking drama queen, I swear to God. He throws it on the ground and walks away, cursing. I pick it up and ask Eli what the plan is. Before he answers, he bends down and picks up the girl, softly stroking her face. Get the knife from my back. I'll take hell into the woods about a mile. You and that idiot can stay here and clean up what you can before someone sees. He might not be doing it on purpose, but as he talks, holding her, Eli's hands start rubbing. Almost imperceptibly, I can see his fingers squeezing and testing. I don't know why it's making me so uncomfortable. It's not like I give a shit. The legs will have to go. The legs and the head. There are garbage bags in the back seat. That's good, that's good. Do you have a saw? A cutting tool? No. Then the knife will have to do. Might take some time. The blade is very small. Very weak. But it will have to do. He's going to take her into the woods. She is... So young. Whispers Eli. His eyes haven't left her body. Not once. And then, before I can stop myself, I tell Eli that I'll do it. He looks at me, surprised. Then his face relaxes. Are you sure? It will not be pleasant. Not for you. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. It should be me anyway. I was driving the car. Eli looks down at the girl one last time and breathes deep. It looks like he wants to argue, but he hands her over to me with a nod. She's light as a feather. Just this tiny little thing. She's a kid, really. She's a child. Eli gives me his knife, which is this black titanium number, military style. It's got a clean blade on one side and teeth on the other. Teeth. Like, for sawing. Eli loops the belts onto my shoulder. We'll come find you in an hour with the bags. Be done by then. The headlights click off, and blackness surrounds me. Holding this little person, I march, snapping twigs on the ground the whole way into the woods where not even the moonlight will see. Then I start talking to her, to the girl. I know that's stupid. It makes me sound stupid. I can't say why. But I start talking to her. It's panic, probably. My brain coping with the panic. Because once I start, I don't stop. 
I apologize for what I did. I tell her I'm sorry about Eli. He's new. I tell her about the big paycheck we're all looking forward to. I tell her it isn't like in the movies. In real life, it's a lot more middle class. And as I talk, I notice I'm looking at her. Right at her face. And I'm not flinching. She's a great listener. I can really open up. It isn't until I'm right in the thick of it. Digging away at her neck with blood all over me. That I notice there's a kid in a suit. Watching this whole thing. He's been standing there for a good 30 seconds, maybe, listening to me grunt and swear, listening to my confession. The kid in the suit, he's older, 17, 18, maybe. His clothes look too big for him, like they're not his. His tie is loose. A little yellow flower is pinned to his lapel. He's holding a beer bottle. At first I don't see him. It's too dark. I'm absorbed in my work, with half her head in my lap. And then I hear this weak voice say, Amy? I look up. There he is. His face trembling, eyes wide. He looks at the girl. He looks at me. The beer bottle shatters onto a rock and the sound wakes me up I go for my gun but before it's even in my hand the kid gets wise and takes off I hear his footsteps crunch off into the shadows calling for help that pussy I'm on him in a heartbeat there's a chase I really hate running after people pisses me off the chase ends in the flickering light of a campfire where the kid who saw me is weeping He starts yelling, Amy's dead, Amy's dead at the top of his lungs. I look and see two more couples, teenagers, glowing orange in the dim light and acting really confused. Then they see me, and they stand up. One of the girls spills something, another girl screams. Five kids looking right at me. A large mess sends a message. So much for passing unnoticed. So much for the quiet cleanup. There must be a large mess. So much for covering our tracks. Or no mess at all. The crybaby's wailing, trying to explain. I point my gun right at that little fucker's face and I don't feel a goddamn thing. I'm sitting on a white beach where a crystal blue ocean pounds the surf again and again where the sun hangs high and warm and bright and I can peer at waiters over my sunglasses and order fancy drinks that make me queasy at night there's dancing and beautiful girls sit next to me and they laugh at all my jokes my wife, Wanda This is her favorite place. It was her favorite place before she'd ever been here. She spent two years learning Spanish. You should see her, talking to all the locals, imitating their customs, fitting right in. She's great. We have a daughter, Carrie. She's starting sixth grade next year. And we have another one on the way. I don't know for sure yet, but I bought a baseball mitt. Sue me. My girls deserve this. The vacation, I mean. They've been so great about everything. I haven't been around as much lately. Long trips out of town. I call them every night on the phone. But it's not the same. Everything comes out hollow. Forced. I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. I'm sick of steak. I'm sick of seafood. What else? Something new, something exotic. I tell the chef to surprise me. Kicking at the waves, Carrie squeals. Daddy, you're not looking. 
Wanda is sitting by my side, talking on her cell phone. <laughs> it's just like her. My wife, she talks on the phone all the time. Right now she's talking to her sister. Wanda tells her sister how in yesterday morning's paper there was an article about a horrible accident that occurred just 80 miles from where we live. A group of high school kids were murdered in the woods. They'd been out tailgating after the big school dance. And for real, they each turned up dead. Shot. One of them all butchered up. The TV started running stories about it on the news. Mothers and fathers holding picture frames and crying. The police were looking into all sorts of suspects. They had all kinds of theories, probably gang-related, they said. Probably some sort of crazy school rivalry. Kids today getting all hopped up on this or that till they don't even know what's what. Wanda tells her sister how terrible this world is. How violent and scary things have become. She says she can't believe something like this happened so close to home. What they don't discuss is the missing lawyer mentioned on 3B of the very same newspaper. There aren't a lot of details, but the article says the lawyer was in the middle of prosecuting a case when he just up and vanished one night. No note. Nothing. Just gone. They had to declare a mistrial. Certain people went back to jail and certain other people walked free. Normally, the designated parties would appeal or riot or whatever it is people do when they feel the system doesn't work and they've all been greatly wronged in some way. Typically, there would be marches and websites and columns and books. But now, that silly old trial seems boring. All those dull arguments and big words, all that jargon. Now there's something simpler, something fresh to worry about, something with sparkle, something with action and mystery, something they'll make a movie out of. The last thing anyone cares about is a lawyer. In the distance, I can see my daughter building a sandcastle. She plays in the water, barefoot, spinning in her little red sundress. Wanda is saying how she finds the criminal mind fascinating, and she sips at the big fruity cocktail I paid for. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's stories. Remember to go check out the Horror Fi podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes. They are brand new. Um, so get in early. Spread the news. You know, be one of those people like, oh, you haven't heard of this pod, of the Horror Fi podcast yet? Let me show you. Anyway, let's move on to Patreon shoutouts. I didn't do them last week because I didn't do an outro because you remember I was at my parents and I had a different microphone and it's funny I was afraid to do an outro just because I was really afraid that that microphone was terrible or like I was just wasn't sure how it was going to turn out and I got one message saying that they super preferred that microphone for the intro um and I can see why uh, it's I if you prefer it you probably have a tinge of you would enjoy some ASMR man I talk about ASMR all the time but it's true. Um, that's kind of what the show was based around was I got inspired by as ASMR, but that mic, a lot of ASMR artists use that one. Um, it's very sensitive and you can talk really close to it and it sounds, I, I love the sound of it. So I'll, maybe I'll throw it in here every once in a while, just for those of you who like it. Um, I didn't get anyone saying they hated it. So I assume that no one hated it. Um, but yeah, so let's do these Patreon shoutouts. I have so many, and I am so blessed that I have this many. Like, this is a crazy amount of Patreon shoutouts, and this is probably the most I've ever done on the show. And I have skipped weeks before because of this reason or that, and this is amazing. I have feeling so much love over here. It's 
it's been it's been great it's been great and and i'm going to definitely take some time to focus more on patreon and put out some more bonus episodes well all of you new people hopefully you have a lot of bonus episodes to catch up on i hope that was like a pleasant surprise like wow look at all these um and they're all very um different it's an it's an eclectic group of stuff over there um so yeah oh and also i wanted to remind you before i get into patreon shout outs um that i have i've started to continue putting all the episodes on youtube i started back in i believe march and then i took some time off just because it takes forever to upload everything to youtube i know what youtubers are talking about now when they're like uh it takes forever to upload it really does um and i'm trying to play around with some fun like after effects stuff and i'm not good at any of that so i'm just kind of taking my time trying to make them a little more entertaining so if you would prefer youtube or you have friends who only like listen to stuff on youtube they're um slowly all getting on youtube so that's cool um, I'm really looking into starting to do maybe some video stuff that will be available on YouTube. I'm really excited about that. And, um, yeah. So, let's, let's get into it. So, a big, huge, huge welcoming hug to all of these, all of the following. Let's see how well I do. Nelson Fontanez, Marilyn Matza, Michael Hilliard, Teresa Ellis, Tess O'Hara, Jean McCormick, Karen Lorento, or Corinne, I'm sorry, Here, it's already happening, Austin and Leah Cooper, or Austin Leah Cooper, it shows up weird when I get these emails, so I'm so sorry if every once in a while your name gets kind of butchered, Patreon just sends them as you type them in, so if it's Austin and Leah, or it's Austin Leah, I'm not sure, but thank you, Dora M. Mitchell, ALM Drum, Lucy Hager, Brandy Steve Rogers, Aloe, Mike and Julie, Brian Veerling, Althea Wiley, Charlie Hiltabaitl. Hiltabaitl. I'm going to go with Hiltabaitl. Let me know if I got it right. <laughs> Bob Sherwood, Brandy De La Torre, Andre Brasiak, Brachek, Brasiak. It, it's either or neither. I'm not sure. Emily Munoz, Sarah Sternberg, Dill Pickle. That's a very cute spelling of that, by the way. Um, Macy Merritt, Monica Brock, Frank the Septic Tank Cortez, and Frank, you wrote to me, and I would like to give a huge shout out to your daughter, Kat, who also listens to the show. Hello, Kat. Remember, if you have someone extra you want me to shout out or just a little, you know, or you want me to change yours to someone else? Like, hey, I signed up, but can you actually, like, tell my girlfriend hi instead? That's totally fine. Just shoot me an email or a message on Patreon, and I'll try to get that done if I get it before I, you know, do your shout-out, that is. Christina Farrington and Carrie Yip. Thank you all so much. That was amazing. This is amazing. This has been a great couple of weeks. I, I'm... I have no words. I mean, you're paying money to listen to me and pr like you're supporting me do this cool thing that I like to do and I love making your days happy and bright and shiny and it's, I how can I ask for anything better than to like bring joy to all of to so many of you. I don't know if I bring joy to all of you, but so many of you. And I know I've been getting a lot of emails and messages lately, and I am so sorry. I'm behind. I actually sat down someday this week. Who knows what day it is anymore? I sat down one day this week to go through each and every one of them. And I've got to say another, another great problem to have. I'm getting to the point where it's, it takes me, because I usually try to set aside kind of like one day a week or every few weeks to kind of like answer emails. It's getting to where I can't do that all in one day, or at least not feasibly, unless I want to be sitting there for literally eight hours answering emails, which isn't fair to you because then you'll just get me at the end of the day, just being like in, you know, autopilot mode. And I like to actually read everything and give you a meaningful response if I can. And so since that has become a thing where I'm getting kind of 
I don't want to use the word overwhelmed. Um, just I've gotten a lot of emails and it's just me with access to this email account. For some reason, someone recently said something about have your, have your some, like they didn't say assistant. They said, oh, they, they, they said like, have your Facebook girls, like go through your emails or something. First of all, I have one Facebook girl who is near and dear to my heart. That is Rosemary, and she is a woman, and she's amazing, and she is just a friend of mine who very lovingly watches my Facebook page. She's not my assistant. She's not anything like that. She just does it out of the goodness of her kind, kind heart, and I love her to death, and she is a friend of mine, so I, it really is just me with access to this email account, so that was all to say. Um some emails might slip through the cracks. I really try to keep stuff like unread if I haven't gotten a time to respond, but stuff is, I've noticed stuff slipping through. I've, I'm, I'm trying hard. I'm trying hard. We're all having a rough year. We're all having a year. <laughs> so bear with me. I, I, I think I'm doing okay, but you know, anyway, so follow the show on all the stuff. Um, you know, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. I think that's all of them. Um, send your submissions to scary to sleep at gmail.com. Remember, I'm also taking true story submissions and brevity submissions. Um, if you're new here, brevity stories are the ones that are very, very short and they all, I compile them all into their own little episode because they don't really make up. They're, they're too short to be, you know, my usual two or three story format. So I compile them all into one episode and I think we're going to be on brevity like four or five soon something crazy um yeah i'd love to do a true story episode soon go check out my episode of stories with sapphire just go check out stories with sapphire it's really good like it's a really good show uh, she's very she takes a very different approach to the paranormal she is very against walking into an old building and screaming at ghosts and demanding they like talk back to you it's it's soothing. If you like my show and you find it soothing and you like real paranormal stories, you would absolutely she's like the real version of what I do. She's soothing. She's just got a great, very calming, very beautiful energy about her and her whole show is just amazing. All right. Um I think that's all. If not, I'll see you next week. Um so yeah. Uh, go get some sleep. Sweet dreams. <laughs>